I don't know about you guys, but I got fucking crunk this St. Patrick's Day. I'm still hungover. Wow, you went yeah. wild? What a wild one. I watched the Circle Brazil. <laughs> I drank two glasses of wine. I'm still feeling it. Oh, as an Irish Catholic, I can assure you that is what we intended. Uh, we said, uh, drink something green and watch Brazilian reality television. I feel really guilty. It's yes. Inherent self guilt. <laughs> yeah. I ha- I had a I I was saying to my wife, I was saying to City like, God, this is a real bummer of a St. Patrick's Day. And then I remembered, wait a minute. I have a 5-year-old. They've all sucked for half a decade. <laughs> I I haven't had fun for 6 years. Well, ima- imagine how miserable her St. Patrick's Day is. She doesn't know. That's true. Yeah, she 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 doesn't get to get blazed. She doesn't know the standard. We had to talk about something else to try to get energy up. Yeah. <laughs> what else is I've, going on? Energy's great. I'm talking to human beings. You are My- <laughs> just living the life. Uh, I should oh mention, this gosh. is like a cold... O- I didn't prep her. Uh, this is like a cold... Oh, o- no, I'm... Yeah, you're uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's well. It's gonna it's got to be a warm open. Yeah, we're not right. Because right, right now it is the <laughs> definition of a cold open. Okay, we're, we're not there. And yet. and I've been hanging back in disgust. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I think that that is that is it. Actually, we did get it in in talking about how we didn't get it. We did get is it. Is that what it was? Amazing. We came. That was it. We came full circle, Brazil. Griffin's out forever (laughs) No I can't keep up this Griffin like pace My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. Oh, no, we didn't talk oh. about the order here. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, guys, you just fill in the fucking gaps. This isn't rocket science. My name is Justin McElroy. I know the best game of the week. Either one of the two of you can just, like, do I'm it. I'm so used to going there's no, last, there's no, You're going to get, what are you going to get, a citation? You're going to get It's going to be weird because the is going to be way up here when I go at, at two. And then, okay, you know. Now, this is good. This is good. <laughs> Uh, this is good. Plant, can you do your second, and then at least you do yours third to to roll out the fucking red carpet for Russell Frushdick <laughs> to bring it home. Should I also introduce Russ? Like now, yeah, now yeah, with a special guest. And as always, <laughs> it's Russ. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Plant, and I went to hell and back to bring you the best game of the week. My name is Elise Willems, and my best game of the week is the hellish life that I am living, and also Doom Eternal. <laughs> my name is Russ Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome back to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in interactive entertainment. It's a game of the year podcast that goes all year long. It's like a book club, but for games. Uh, and we are, we have finally, the games are here, and boy, just in time, <laughs> I would say. The, the video games arrived right when we needed them the most, as they so often do. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Doom Eternal this week, but first... 
uh, stepping in for Griffin McElroy, who was supposed to go to Disney World and didn't. <laughs> it's Elise Willem. She's the lead producer, writer, and creative force at Funhouse. And uh, we are so happy yeah. to have her here on the program. Welcome, Welcome, Elise. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I already like me. her better than Griffin. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. I, I do. I did mention earlier that I hope that Griffin, who was unceremoniously dumped this week, despite not being at the happiest place on earth, I hope that he's like lurking in the background, just full of resentment and, and anger I, that he, he was not included. Yeah. I will admit, definitely, Griffin asked me four or five times whether we still oh, no. needed him to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, but I we think do it not. was just to try to score a copy of Doom early. I think I think is what he's angling for. Right. Uh, question to set the critical boundaries: uh, What is your favorite video game ever? Don't don't think about it. And what is your least Me? favorite? Yep, just like give it to oh. us. Uh, my favorite video game is Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. For this is the only correct answer, and you've gotten it in one. Oh my gosh, oh, no. that is the best video game. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, for a lot of emotional reasons as well. My least favorite. I guess I, I don't really dwell on the least favorite. Um, uh, I, like stuff like like Tropico. I apologize <laughs> to all the Tropico fans. Finally, got him. Somebody take a Tropico down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> You've had it just too keep, good for too long, Tropico. Um, well, they do just keep making them, don't they? they, they do. Do, there are just so many of them. And it's like, didn't we get it? I feel like we must have gotten it by this point. <laughs> that that feels like I'm, I'm doing a disservice because there are lots of bad video games, but uh, none uh, of yeah, them are worse I, than I guess Tropico. That's, that's the genre that just doesn't really do it for mm. me, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Plant, Christopher Thomas Plant, do you want to whisk us away through the incredible world of Doom Eternal? I most certainly do. Hello. I'm here to tell you about Doom Eternal, a video game that really I think everybody needs in their life, assuming that they can play uh, games rated M for Mature, because this is a mature video game. Uh, Doom Eternal... <laughs> It, uh, in every sense of the word. It, it takes off where uh, Doom 2016 left off. Uh, if you don't remember any of that lore, bless you, neither did I. Uh, <laughs> here's the long short of it. Earth is taken over by hell demons who didn't come from hell, I believe. I believe they no, came from they the planet did. Mars. Well, they came from hell, kind of. Via Mars. There's hell energy via Mars. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, the point is, demons have taken over Earth. You are a one... <laughs> person army um slash god uh now you are not a mere soldier you are not you know just the the average video game soldier people are terrified of you everywhere you walk (laughs) there is a story in this game every time they even dare to start it your character walks in says nothing and basically every character goes hey i don't know what we were talking about but that guy is (laughs) thick um and this is the only this is the only video game character where um the racking of a shotgun is his most prominent line of dialogue and most quotable. Like, literally, there are many conversations that he ends and begins with racking his shotgun, and that is the end. That is all the discussion that is necessary. So, if, in terms of how the game works, uh, you go from point A to point B. You kill everything in a room to clear it. That allows you to progress forward. Sometimes you get keys. The What the makes this game different than so many shooters is uh, it's not like call of duty or battlefield or most shooters where you're aiming down a site it's much more about movement uh you jump and platform and double jump you gain health by 
busting open enemies, like literally ripping them in half. Uh, vivisection is very popular in this video game. Uh, they've also added a flamethrower mechanic that allows you to get armor. There are, are increasingly large demons and increasingly large weapons to kill them. That is literally the foundation of this game. Uh, if you want to know what the video game is, it's all in, in the chunk of words. Now, why is it special? That, my friends, is what we are going to discuss. Um, and, and I want to start off, because I'm most curious here with hoops, because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, did you like this game? Was this, was this, was this good for... Justin is putting on chapstick Justin. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like he's either going to provide pure celebration or utterly shut down my enthusiasm. And I'm oh, not yeah, sure I mean, he might be one. wasting good chapstick, <laughs> yeah. depending on the, the quality of his review. <sighs> Yeah, it's fucking good. Like, why wouldn't I like this game? It's fun. It's good. Yes, good. Excellent. I like it a lot. It's good. Uh, I like it. It's much smarter than it looks. Just like Doom, I think, was sort of like that. Like, it's it, there's more depth going on. Here's the weird thing about Doom. In a, in a sense, it is an action game. In another sense, it's sort of more like Diner Dash. <laughs> Okay, or Cook Serve Delicious or any other like time management games, because really the for me, at least the challenge of Doom is like partially like the running and shooting and not being blown up. That's like half of it. The other half is a sort of like this idea of keeping a lot of plates spinning at once, by which I mean, like there there's a lot of encounters in this game where. okay, so let me back up a bit. Depending on how you dispatch enemies, there's different ways to get what you need. Right. If you set them on fire and kill them, you get armor. If you lower their health and then do what's called a glory kill, which is like they're flashing and you do a melee attack on them, you get uh, health. And if you use a chainsaw on them, which refills over time, then you get armor or sorry, ammo. And that's kind of interesting because it's very easy to forget about certain mechanics in the heat of a fight and then notice like, oh, my God, my health's running low or I'm running low on ammo. And it's because you forgot to like keep that part of the rotation mm -hmm. going like okay i should you i should bring the chainsaw into it more and that will like keep the balance because it's so fast there's not really a lot of like tactical thought it's not about like let me run to this corner and try to bring these guys into this like it's not it's like in the moment making split decisions and like for me the biggest challenge is like remembering all those different mechanics that I have at once, which are all sort of on cooldowns and cycles and stuff. So I can integrate them into the flow because once you've got all the plates spinning at once, like it, it's a much smoother mm. experience, but like even forgetting about one, like uh, you have a frag grenade on a timer, right? And like even forgetting about that, which I would often do. And I'm like, God, this is hard. There's so many guys all around me and Oh, wait a minute. I'm just going to blow all of them up. That's, that's what I, I think is really interesting about uh, combat and doom. You played on um, Xbox, uh, right? Oh, oh yeah, I, I played on Xbox One. Um, and how did you find the, like, I don't know. So I played on PS4. I'm used to playing the original Doom on PC. This is the one that came out in 2016. And when I played it on PC, I found that, like, I was able to, like, do these, like, 360 spins and, like, do, like, outrageous stuff. And then once I was like, on a controller, it kind of slowed me down a little bit. It wasn't bad, but I don't know. What was your experience? I mean, I my experience was similar to Justin's, and I think like it's it does slow you down compared to PC, and I do find that you use the environment less. Like I would have the similar to the way like Justin was describing, um, not 
not necessarily using your full arsenal to its potential. Mm-hmm. I would I would clear an a- area and then I would look around and see that all of the little jump pads and stuff that I could have been using to propel myself in the air and evade enemies and do all kinds of cool shit. I did, it did not even occur to me as I was in the throes of of like battle that those were all there. And I think maybe part of that is if you're playing on a controller and you're maybe a little bit limited in your range and your movement and you're not doing those 360 spins, maybe you're not noticing the environment around mm. you as much. And maybe that's just mm. me. Um, yeah. But I, I also found myself taking advantage of like weak points a lot less. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some like fine aim stuff. Like it tells you with every enemy, like here's where you should shoot them to make it easier. And that's that is like a lot trickier on a on a controller to to hone in on. Yeah, those. yeah once you get the the scope and you can kind of like take out those points a little bit more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like with the oh, who's the big heavy guy? Um, oh, the the the, the, the oh, yeah. <laughs> my, mancubus. My, yes. The mancubus is my favorite. <laughs> that big boy. You can take out his his two you know arms. Um, uh, yeah. Once once you kind of get that that. Uh, scope, you're like, oh, okay, I'm taking that out. This little spider, yeah. I forget what that that is called too. Arachnodrome, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, kind of going off what you were saying, I found that difficulty, uh, is crucial in this game. Like, what what difficulty you set the the game at, and the game wants you to push yourself out of your comfort zone, which I wish every game did this. So you can change your difficulty at any time in the game. And it doesn't affect uh, your progression whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So there's not like, oh, well, you're playing on a harder mode, so you get better rewards. What or about them trophies, all these though? Or, or, yeah, or you lose these things. Like, <laughs> you, you pretty much don't get punished really at all for, for changing your difficulty throughout it. So when I, I played on PC but played with controller, and the two things I did is I put it on ultraviolence, which is, I guess, the hard mode, which I normally would not do at all. And I boosted the sensitivity on the the direction pad or, mm. or what the, the the joystick and i found that like i never really was struggling too much but it was forcing me to use all those things like if, if i didn't take advantage of the entire environment i was utterly pulverized um and this isn't mm. like one of those like awful there's only one right way to play it. You should play it on this difficulty. You should be miserable for hours or else you're not really getting the experience. Not a true um, gamer. Not a real you're gamer. Right. I, and more, I think like what I liked about this game was knowing that I had that safety net of like, hey, if this starts to like just suck or like one, there's a boss that we can talk about in a second called the Marauder that happens later in the game that is truly miserable. And I, I hope is the first character to just be fully patched out of a video game um, <laughs> that like during that it's like whatever i'm just gonna boost this down to like the easiest difficulty mode and just destroy this thing um so that i can get back to the parts of the game that are actually a pleasure yeah i had one boss encounter where uh i died several times and then it was like hey uh there's this thing sentinel armor it's just like way better and if you want to put it on you just can and it'll make you harder to kill if that seems fun (laughs) i was like yeah it seems fun actually let's do that because it's like doesn't give a shit i think that it's trying to keep the spirit of like you should feel like this this doom guy this god this slayer and if you die 13 times then it's like it kind of ruins that illusion so yeah. hey just throw some other stuff on who gives a shit i've never understood developing a game that you wouldn't want people to keep playing yeah like that yeah that you would want to create so many obstacles in that you wouldn't want someone to try to stick with it or maybe create some avenues throughout that they can kind of pivot if they need to it's so funny because when you think about the like 
or, or the history of Doom, I like what I always think of is the original difficulty levels where it's like, I don't even remember the names of it, but it's like if you picked anything below hard, it's like coward, big wuss. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, uh, yeah, just do whatever you want. You, you, you want to feel more powerful? Hey, no beef. Just go in and kill kill your man mancubuses. A lot of the difficulty for me was sort of self imposed because there are these, and I love this. It's like it's a big big um, Bethesda action game thing. I feel like a lot of action games have adopted it, where it's like challenges within the like flow of the game to upgrade mm-hmm. your weapons or whatever. And I I have a very bad habit of like focusing on those and ending up dying a lot because i really like if there's an enemy that i need to kill with this certain weapon like i will not switch i will go get the ammo i need i'll be absolutely laser focused on that and i will like get killed 10 times before i finally relent like okay i'm just not gonna get this one this one time uh but i i actually i i enjoy uh that aspect of it it helps it feel a little yeah more. i think they balance those really well um i also think it's funny because plant mentioned earlier that this game is M for mature and not appropriate for youths. And what's funny about that, to me at least, is I think this is more appropriate, not for like a six-year-old, but for, for like a 12-year-old, more appropriate for a 12-year-old than Fortnite is, to be perfectly honest. Wait, 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 wait. So just, just so everybody know, everybody know, everybody knows who's <laughs> listening, Fortnite is a game in which cartoon characters build things and they shoot people and there's no... Uh, blood. I, mean, right. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. We're all and on the same Doom, page. Doom, everybody looks like human people, cartoon human yes. people. Yes. Uh, Doom is a game in which you find the mancubus, you shoot off its arms, you rip out its heart, and then you make it eat its own heart, and then the heart is explosive, so it, it like, burp farts its entire body off, and then, like... <laughs> <laughs> You've so, proven so my So what point. you're saying is a 12-year-old should... Slay the mancubus. Yes, one hundred percent. A twelve-year-old should slay the mancubus. That's okay, my point. Okay. Is like this is not. This is so far from like mm-hmm. realistic gore or anything you would see in humanity that there's no connection to anything that I would find like inappropriate. It's just like so goofy. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, it's like cartoon violence to an extent. It's how yeah. I feel about Quentin Tarantino, where his violence is so over the top yeah, that it's cartoonish. Yeah, that might be able to. I, there are humans getting uh, ears cut off. Well. Oh, Russ does have limits. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Hey, Elise, did you get into like, do you get into like uh, tracking down collectibles and stuff like that? Is that is that something that you, that you like? No, not as much. I mean, I would be I would be happy when I would go, oh, it's a secret or oh, I found part of the lore. But it's it's generally like for me, I'm I'm more interested in progression, mm-hmm. especially with a game like mm-hmm. this, knowing that this game is twice as long as the 2016 one. Uh, I was I was like, oh, geez, I had 22 hours. I don't know if I have. <laughs> did, <laughs> we might not even have 22 hours left. At least did you- I, I really dug the flow of. The, it, the pace is, I think, more... Uh, it's measured compared to the 2016 one. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, that this game, more than the last, like always has a moment where it's like, okay, you're done fighting. Do you want to look around for collectibles or do you want to move on? And like, I, what I will say is that I usually don't like tracking down like secret stuff, but they are so well done in this game where there's always like a little... 
if you look around, there's a little something. There's very few, like, take a blind leap off a thing and, you know, you have to look it up on game facts or whatever. Like, there's always, like, a little hint. Maybe there's a light over here, like a weird path. You don't know where it goes that sort of leads you to them. And I actually enjoyed tracking those down, like, more than I normally would in, in a game like this. It feels weird sometimes with the flow of what they want you to do. Like, it's very much like a hard-charging, like bullet train action wise uh but like it it uh I, I i enjoyed the the respite of like tracking down collectibles uh, Elise, you mentioned the lore did you read any of the codexes and if so what is your opinion <laughs> well chris i i haven't finished the game yet okay um but I fully intend to go back and read every single codex religiously. I, I promise I will. Um, it's, I just I'm really busy with the mancubus right now. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, all the man, all the mancubi. I don't want to stop and read. And usually, I'm I'm such a actually a, a story driven person in games. Usually, like Doom is very much outside of my wheelhouse. Not what I would play ever. Because usually, I'm looking for a great story, and that's my focus. But in this situation, I'm like, that's not really what I'm here for. I can't tell if the story is real. And by like, <laughs> like, like if it's like if there's actually a real story, and like if you read all the codexes, it, it like really makes sense and like is good, or. If it's a parody of like <laughs> dime store like sci-fi, because I there there is a section towards the end of the game where it starts just like you go in t- through a stage and it gives you like ten lore like lore dumps like one after the other, and it's like in the grim days of the lore Andors when the fauna was raised, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know what it's like. Someone was using like a sci-fi fantasy name generator mm, and yeah. just just ran the gamut with all of them and then said put it all in because I do actually kind of dig like the the story structure of the priests that are the you know the cultists yeah. that are, are trying to do this and then you've got to find each one I, I do kind of dig that but all the superfluous like like you're saying the naming convention I, I just I'm so there's lost there's a hilarious there's a hilarious and I know nothing about this lore I have I remember that there was like a mean businessman in the first one that has not <laughs> appeared so far I think he was <laughs> Satan or something and in this one, like, you kill one of these priests, and for some reason you visit, like, a ghost king who kind of seems like your dad a little bit, and he's, this guy is even like, you are going a bit far, you actually should not be killing these hell priests, they are actually like, you're not supposed to be doing this, I really wish you would cut it out, you don't know what you're doing, it's like, that's true, I don't know what I'm doing, except I, I know these hell priests are bad, and I'm supposed to kill them, for sure. Something I, I really loved, in terms of just, like, the, the story and performance, was when you're in the facility, and you're hunting the cultist, and the PA, there's someone coming over the PA system, saying like the slayers in the building yeah. please be aware yeah. like and it's there i like yeah. that they're giving these psa's for the the demons yeah. that like can't put two intelligible words together <laughs> right <laughs> they're supposed to listen to these announcements ha- have you met don't humans? forget taco tuesday <laughs> have you have you run into any humans yet i have yeah yeah my fa- i love that anytime you run into humans like everybody's just like busy doing paperwork <laughs> the world's yeah. like literally on fire like uh, half of the population is gone they're doing paperwork and then they see you and they're like oh oh no like (laughs) why are you here um i I wanted to say when you're talking about the story structure because i agree that's what's so funny about the lore like the hardcore lore being so dense the real story is hell on earth there are three witches you need to kill them that might save earth the full that's the full story and then like what a like what an incredible first i don't know like 20 minutes this game has where 
they don't even give you a pistol anymore. You just start with a shotgun. You immediately get, like, three upgrades. And you kill one of the, these, like, three witches in, like, the first 20 minutes. Like, it just, it gives you everything up top. It, it is that, like, um, action movie structure of, like, you came here to really just immediately feel good. And we're going to let you have that right off the bat. We need to probably move on. And any quick complaints? Because I feel like this Plant has been so, so glowing many. for our besties. <laughs> uh, it's not really a complaint. I'm more curious how you guys felt about it. But uh, like you were mentioning earlier, there's th- the game gives you those breaths after intense action sequences. And a lot of that, I think, is in platforming, mm-hmm. too. And which there's a lot, of, a lot more platforming than I expected there to be in a Doom game. Like, especially compared to playing what I did of the 2016 one. I kind of dig the platforming. Uh, I don't, but I've seen a little bit of uh, like mixed reviews from other people. I dig it. I think it's extremely forgiving. I mean, you have like two, a, a double jump and two air dashes uh, that can let you clear like wild amounts of space. Um, I'm, I, I think it's, I think it's fun, especially as a counterbalance to the, the, uh, the action stuff. Fresh, have you gotten to the back half of the game? No, go for okay. it, plant. Go Do wild. Talk about it. So. Yeah, the platforming is so good. And then in the back half of the game, they're like, seems like you're all having a lot of fun. Like, maybe too much fun. What if it was time to go swimming in poison? (laughs) Oh, and there's poison. There's a poison pool and they cheat. You learn to swim in a pool of poison that kills you within three seconds. And the only way to get out of this pool and I, I no, it's a fine to spoil it because uh, I'll save everybody the 20 minutes that I wasted on it because I missed the prompt that came across my screen. It switches your melee from the melee button to the dash button when underwater. Mm-hmm. And you have to break through a, a wall, but you use a different button than you've used the entire game to do it. Sure. And there's like two or three more swimming puzzles. Um, also, the platforming, while good, very good the whole game, Towards the very end, you start like doing thousand foot gaps, and you do them at ultra high speeds. <laughs> so it's like trying to steer a Lamborghini like a jumbo jet, um, <laughs> and it's it's not bad. It's just different. Um, it doesn't matter though because the game is so good, <laughs> and and where the game ultimately goes is just so so good. It has such such a very final the the, the final moments of the game are, are fantastic i don't like the home base you have a home oh, yeah. ship that you like return to it's, it's like labyrinthine like and like doom palace yeah <laughs> yeah it's way more inscrutable than it should be for like a place that is yours like <laughs> it is it is there it's wild that there's jumping puzzles at your house <laughs> like i'd rather just like walk around there's a like you get these batteries that you're supposed to use to power up parts of the ship i literally wandered around for 20 minutes just like trying to find a part of the ship to plug these batteries into there's like power up like there's upgrades you can use uh you you can unlock with them but i there's supposed to be parts of the ship you can power up i don't i don't have any idea i just wandered around the ship for a while <laughs> and he's got a lot of weird like he's got an office <laughs> like i don't know how to describe it other than an office with lots of papers about demons on it that you can just walk into there should be um, like a bulletin board with newspaper clippings <laughs> and like r- right, right. string with like demons priests cultists <laughs> I'm here to announce, though, no bathroom, so I don't know. That's what space is for. <sighs> I guess that's what space is for. Let's take a uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk uh, more Doom and other things. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, 
and you get ripped off because he's got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile their wireless plans there is no catch $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan mint mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you you want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So, cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Welcome back. Um, uh, one element of the narrative that isn't necessarily the deepest uh, in terms of lore is where Doom Guy <laughs> comes from, or his name, or where his house is, or well, we've seen his house. To be fair, we've seen his house. It's in space. It's like a space castle, so it's there. But beyond mm-hmm. that, he does have a house with no bathroom. And, well, again, space is his bathroom. But beyond that, there. I mean, I didn't read the codexes, so I don't know. Maybe Chris Plant actually knows the real answer to these questions. But it did. It did make me think. Like, okay, so you have this guy, right? He's trained in military arts. He's very deadly when it comes to doom people, like hell people. But he's also really good at gymnastics. <laughs> so what does that say about him? As a like, where did he come from? Why? What makes him tick? Chris Plant, do you know? I, well, I mean, so I believe that he's motivated by the death or loss of a bunny rabbit. <gasps> I'm pretty really? sure that's can- Is that in the lore? I'm pretty sure. And there is throughout your Doom Palace, there are images of your dead pet rabbit. I love that. This is true. I believe well, also, I, sad, I think but... in the game Quake Champions, which I'm sure all of you made the time to play, uh, we learn that to this day, Doom Guy carries around the, the lucky rabbit's foot <laughs> of his dead rabbit. This is true. These are facts. Wow. You, this isn't just known. People don't just spend time reading the Quake Champions lore bible. <laughs> Is he in Quake Champions too? Uh as well? I don't know. I just know that I read the Quake Champions wiki. <laughs> Why? So <laughs> morbidly curious. Here are some here are I, some- I know all the lineage stuff where it's like, is he a Blaskowitz? Is he did he descend from, you know Right. Whoever <laughs> There are some possible names. Um, there, so there are Doom novels, mm. <laughs> which I'm sure are very good, uh, where the main character is known as Flynn Fly Taggart. Oh, yeah. In the movie Doom, which exists. As The Rock. Uh, right? He was The Rock in that movie? Is he Carl Urban? Carl Urban. Was not Thank uh, you, Elise. Was it The Rock you in the Doom movie? yourself. He huh? is, oh, yeah. Okay, he was in it, but he yeah. wasn't the main Doom. He's guy. the antagonist, kind of. Oh, yeah, John Reaper Grimm. <laughs> he didn't need Reaper. <laughs> well, on the nose. He should have just stuck with Grimm. That's yeah, all he needed. Right. Why do you need to add on? Well, I think they probably called him Reaper because his last name was but Grimm. Grimm is already a badass nickname, so just stick no, with but Grimm. You, so my question, Justin, do you think that the original writer was like, okay, the character's name is Grimm Reaper, and the like studio notes were like, that's a little on the nose. What if we made it Reaper Grimm? And they're like, uh, not quite there. And they're like, John Reaper Grimm? And they're like, nailed it. Nobody will see what we're Got going it. for now. Well, I think it's probably better without answers. Yeah, just leave it open. The, open uh, when asked um, about it, John Romero said that he's supposed, the Marine is supposed to represent you, the player. I'm going to say John. No, he's not. Because <laughs> I'm not me, Justin McElroy. 
quarantined podcaster. I don't think <laughs> wait, so. Can I ask you things? I don't think he's uh, supposed to represent me. Things Doomguy does. Um, do you do uh, acrobatics? N- wait. I'm a blue belt in Taekwondo. That's... Haven't been to class in okay. months. So Is that anything? The, close. Have you ever f- fired a weapon? Yeah. Yeah, bud. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was it a BB yeah. gun? All kinds of weapons. Sure. Weaponry, nerf, and non, no. I will say. I'll just leave it at that. Does anyone else feel more represented uh, than Mancubus? Because <laughs> 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 uh, that's, that's who I identify with. I like the Mancubus kid. style. The Mancubus lives for years. All of a sudden, this little man comes out of nowhere and shoots off both yeah. his arms for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about honorable mentions. Are y'all playing anything uh, right now aside from Doom? It's like a palette a doom palette cleanser i was much to to chris's chagrin playing uh or in in the will of the wisps but now I'm, i've heard that it's not good no or he's got gripes it's fantastic <laughs> i just okay my only gripe is the first hour of this game of ori in the will of the wisp great game becomes becomes fantastic first hour is like i don't remember the, the story from the original ori i'm sorry like I imagine it has something to do with tree spirits. I remember being very sad in the first hour of the original game. Uh, yeah, but this one is like, there's like an owl who shows up, and then the owl can't fly, and then they give the owl a feather, and everybody has like... It sounds like the beginning of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then, and like, and you don't start with anything. <laughs> You're like, you, you can't double jump, you can't even attack, you just kind of wander around... I felt helpless. And after being Doom Guy, who, you know, represents me, to go from feeling like... You get the shotgun right away. You get the <laughs> shotgun right away. Why does Ori not get the shotgun right away is the question I kept asking myself for the first hour of this well, game. Well, let's ask Elise. What does she think? Uh, I understand that they had to, like, regress our abilities. I was like, okay, well, you know, they can't just... If they open the, the keys to the kingdom right away, then you know, what is this game, really? Um, I, I felt like you you kind of rebuild them back fairly quickly. But I also, like Chris, like as much as I love the first game, didn't really remember much mm. of what the story was. And I think that's more attributed to the fact that like we can, we as a society now consume stuff so rapidly and we don't take time to reflect on stuff before we move on to the next thing and yeah. keep consuming. I think that's how my brain just works mm. now. There's, is it just goes, what's the next? I'm, I'm yeah, deposit, like, throws that away. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this garbage anymore. I've There's, seen like, the something credits. about the design, too. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 If you can speak to this, like, where it's very pretty, but it's not, like, it doesn't stick with me. Like, it, I, I, it, I, it kind of reminds me of um, back in, like, the 90s when there was, like, Disney animation, and you're like, yes, I know what this is. I'm here for it. And then Fern Gully comes out. And like, if somebody's like, hey, describe a character from Fern Gully. I'm like, I don't know. Two eyes, a mouth, and a nose. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what is the, what's the bat from Fern Gully? Bar, Barta? No, Bart? Bartok is from the one where the, all Ana- the, the princes in Russia die. Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> are you, Russ, are you kidding right now? Or are you No, seriously, fun? isn't Bartok from that movie? I think you might be right. Batty, Batty Coda is from uh, Ferngully as voiced by Robin Williams. Right. That's Batty Coda, right? right. Bartok is from the other one, right? Got it. This is <laughs> unimportant <laughs> in any way, such or form. 
Uh, so Ori is bad. No, it's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful. But, n- but not, I mean, just the worlds all blur together. Yeah. Is it good? Are you enjoying it more than, uh, Chris Plan has not said a lot positive. Elise, are you enjoying the video game Ori? I am. I am, Chris. Yeah. It's good. I yeah. Love- <laughs> yeah, there it is. Put him in his place. <laughs> now that we've gotten all the fake games out of the way, I want to talk about the only true oh, no. game oh, boy. on this podcast. A real game for true gamers. It's called Murder by Numbers. And you're going to think I made it up just because you've never heard I'm of it. But it's it. Real. I mean, it's a Sting song, so that's a start. Right. So it's a video game. It's out on the Switch. came out March 5th. This is a game. Here's a story. It's set in 96. You're an actress named Honor Mizrahi that gets fired from uh, her detective TV show, Murder Miss Terry, and she <laughs> finds a robot in the trash named Scout, and this trash robot doesn't remember anything, and so the two of them are going to be detectives together because there's a murder the same day that she gets fired, and her boss is the one that gets murdered, and you and your trash robot with no memories, Scout are going to solve the cases together. Your dad was a cop, mysteriously died. We'll, I'm sure we'll unearth more of that. But Justin, what are the mechanics? Well, my friend, the the, the robot from the trash doesn't remember anything, but it does have a visual scanning program that helps it organize, analyze clues and evidence. So the main game mechanic of this is you play Picross, mm. and that is how you uh, that is how you unearth the clues. It's good as fuck. I love Picross, and it is. It, and when you get a new clue, you solve a Picross puzzle, and then you have that piece of evidence, and then you can go back to like talk to people and present your evidence to them like a uh, uh, Ace Attorney yeah. style. So like as you're going through your conversations you get new evidence and then that let, lets you like un- uh, unlock new secrets and progress the let story. Let me ask you, why is all the evidence in 16 by 16 pixels? Is it just like a uh, lo- really low well, res notebook? It's cause it's your, you're processing it in scouts, like evidence Got it. scanning he upgrade his hardware system. Essentially. It's very low res. It's actually pretty well written. It's kind of funny. It's, uh, and, uh, as a nice, like, palette cleanser between doom it, it is it is very good it's called murder by numbers it's on switch uh and if that if that i have just told you exactly what it is you now know with 100 percent certainty if you like this game or not <laughs> I, that's it sounds really in my wheelhouse actually of what i is what good. i usually it's like good. um Fresh should we uh, uh get some reader mail in here yeah i'd love that uh so we oh asked uh, folks both for Doom memories and some questions about the new Doom. One of the questions we got from at a major operation on Twitter, uh, how's the increased lore? Doom 2016 <laughs> getting ironically, unironically real into its own lore was a weird aspect of the game for me, and I don't know how to feel about that, uh, even increased focus on it. We, we touched on this a bit. Um, Justin, you, you, I think you have feelings here. No, well, I was just gonna you you hit the nail on the head. There is a there is what I, what I actually think works better than the first Doom is there is you kill these three hell priests to try to save Earth, and that story is presented from like in the opening moments, and that's all you actually need. And I think you engage with the rest of it as much as you want or don't want, but everything else in the sort of that is directly presented to you, at least from what I've seen, is is in service of that main like narrative, if you can call it that. Yeah. This is a recurring uh, feeling that we have from uh, our listeners. 
uh, at the color plaid. Uh, I die for Doom, but I'll kill for Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> that that seems to be mm. the energy in the world right now. That we need Doom, but we need Animal Crossing. Yeah, we're gonna be diving into Animal Crossing uh, next week. Uh, I have been playing it for like three weeks because I did the review for Polygon. I don't want to here he goes here rub he goes. it in too much. Sorry. Earth, mm. but uh, wow. it is an interesting dichotomy to switch between the two of them. But they're also kind of perfect for this. T- both games are kind of perfect for this time, to be honest. I'm impervious to your powers. <laughs> I have a, qu- a question for you guys. Which game do you think is going to actually result in more anxiety, Animal Crossing or Doom? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Because on paper, I mean, I'm feeling very anxious playing Doom, obviously, sure. but then I worry about. Well, I can confirm for sure I have sent about six or seven DMs in the last two hours trying to find out what the price of turnips are in the only other code I know of in the office. One other person has a code, and I keep asking her what her turnips are so I don't lose a ton of money in turnips. So maybe that is more anxiety-driven than Doom. (laughs) Yeah. Here, let me do an email real quick. Byron emailed to say, Doom scared me. My cousin had a 32X (sighs) and Doom... And they made me believe it summoned the devil. <laughs> now, years later, looking back, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> okay. A question for all of you from at Breaking Creech. Would you recommend the game to a person who is squeamish? I'll start with Elise. It's tough because I, I'm really not squeamish, but I could see some of those glory kills where you're, you know, ripping off like the mech spider's leg and jamming it into its eyeball. I could see somebody finding that a little over the top. Yeah, uh, yeah I think everyone yeah. sort of has that different line, right? Of like what sets them off. It depends. Like if if you can play it for a little bit and desensitize yourself to it, because it is they are all recurring, you know, moments. Then, yeah. then maybe it's like Elise Willems always says: video games desensitize <laughs> you to violence. <laughs> Put that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> a great way to desensitize yourself to violence. Uh, I, I have one more that I want to share just because it, it's a, a feel good. Um, from at Ishtar the Red, I bonded with my partner over, over an essay they wrote for college about Doom 2016. As, a, uh, as an I love you for Christmas, I got them a commemorative Doom coin that they keep next to them on their desk. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's that's very nice. You know, who says he can't find love in a battlefield? Don't spend that Doom coin. Careful. Ray asks, does the Doom Eternal uh, stick to the same basic structure? Walk into a large open area, get pummeled, navigate around the next large open area, get pummeled. Are there more puzzles between areas this This time person should be doing more pummeling, I would say. Maybe not playing the game right. Yeah. Yeah, lower the difficulty. Enjoy you, it. You, it is not your ass to be beat. <laughs> it's there. You are the Doom guy. Um, there's way I'd say there are a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more. I mean, I think it's kind of up to you, right? Like, I think you could charge through and just keep running into, you know, different engagements. But uh, I would say there's a lot in terms of puzzles. Yeah, it, it could. If you if you want, like, the, the extra stuff, it's there. It's kind of like what you said, yeah. Justin. Like, if you want to go for those distractions, they're there for you. If you do not have interest in page nine of the Horrors of Elkabar, um you don't have to seek it out. It's okay. What's tricky though is that they show up on your mini map as question marks. So until you like get up on it, you usually don't know what it is you're you're tracking down. Without, I'm sure there's an upgrade. There are literally 
eight different upgrade systems in this game. I may be underestimating. You said that you you can resist the uh, sheer magnetism of collecting a toy in a video game that is utterly worthless. How do you do it? (laughs) <laughs> well i don't part of it is part of it is not looking at that mini map a lot mm. because when you look at the mini yeah. map and then you see where everything is i think that entices you mm. i'll do, i'll do the kind of thing where it's if i see it in world if i see like a question mark then i'm gonna go for it but i don't scour the map looking for like what i've missed what i could po- possibly get i will give one endorsement for one collectible it is the vinyl you you get soundtrack like oh, yeah. sounds from the soundtrack uh, and they're like old, like old Doom tracks, and you like in world collect the vinyl, which like <laughs> sure, why wouldn't it be? Uh, but what rules is when you're back at your uh, space castle, you can walk up to them and like play them in the ship, and like it is the most Doom guy ass shit to turn on like a track from Doom Two and just walk around your castle like yeah, this is music. Are you kids hearing this? <laughs> This is what music is. I can't is. confirm uh, you can do the exact same thing in Animal Crossing. Not even lying. <laughs> I, I, it's all before you wrap, I, I want to recommend playing literally the way that Lee's described of like, don't look at the map because if there's one thing I do regret, this game does have such a cool pace and such a great energy if you just move on through it. And about a third of the way through, I became deeply addicted to 100%ing it. Um, oh, no. Which was not Ugh. good because I just started living in the map. Um, and it's not, yeah, there, there's there's really no way to make you feel less like Doom Guy um, than to become <laughs> a cartographer in the middle of your adventure. I do wish they had found a way to integrate that a little yeah. bit better. I found myself, it's really hard to get your bearings in that map because it stops everything i wish there was some way to bring it into the world where you had like a little bit better sense of what you were looking for because yeah it feels it feels at odds although i did enjoy it like i enjoyed the the puzzle of finding that stuff um it feels a little bit at odds with the pace of the game um all right let's uh let's call it there this has been so fun elise willems thank you so much for joining us thank you guys so much this Uh, was a blast where can where can folks find find your work um you can follow me on twitter and instagram elise willems you can find my work on youtube.com slash funhouse and roosterteeth.com now is that funhouse spelled the way everybody on earth spells it or a different way how everyone on on mars doom (laughs) spells that's that's f-u-n-h-a-u-s also known as Germany. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> we would ask that you uh, uh, follow and listen for free on Spotify if you don't already. Uh, if you want to share the show, uh, you can spread it around with the link besties.fan. Uh, if you want to send us an email uh, about Animal Crossing New Horizons, you can send that to mail at besties.fan. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Thank you for listening. Oh. Thank you for being here with Sorry. us. Sorry. You can follow us yeah, on Twitter.com at you. the Besties Pod. If you want to get the latest updates on the show ahead of everybody else, we have a newsletter and it is the pinned tweet on the top of our Twitter page. Well, for, for everyone here, thank you for joining us and be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Best.
a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!